Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing 2005's The Perfect Man. It is a, a delightful road trip uh, starring a, none other than Hilary Duff, the queen. Um, Heather Locklear. As the fabulous mother. And... A- some other people. I mean, a lot of people. There's a actually. lot of yeah. This is this is a pretty stacked yeah, cast. I mean, we have Big from Sex and the City. We've got Chris. We've got Chris Noth here. We've got we've got Mike O'Malley, which I would originally a few years ago I would say from Yes, Dear Fame, but Mike O'Malley also played Kurt's dad on Glee and also created a good show that I never watched called Survivor's Remorse. Um, oh yeah, I did not watch that either. I, I it's it's good. like now that it's canceled. I mean, we could just watch it in our entirety. That's the great thing about canceled shows. It's yeah, you're like, like oh, oh yeah. hey, catching up on this is easy because there's not much. Yeah, what's weird is that it's like it's a well, Mike O'Malley created the show like about black people and like this kid and this kid who like gets famous playing basketball and it's like his family dealing with his family and like being a basketball star and the money and I'm just like Mike O'Malley. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like okay. I mean, I was very confused when it when it when the show came out, and then when I heard it was good, I was just like, Mike O'Malley. You're like, oh how? Okay. All right, um, I mean, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, we also have um, Ben Feldman who um, is on Superstore now, and he was also really great on Mad Men. And. Did you watch he Mad has Men? he has eyes you can get lost in. No, I, I couldn't stand it. What? <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody, yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, oh, I'm hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of my friends are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. God, um, Van- <laughs> Vanessa Lenges, which is also from Glee, also from one of my favorite movies ever, Stick It. <laughs> Oh, Stick It is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just like a lot of people here, Carolyn Ray is here doing a really bad Brooklyn accent. Kim Whitley is here and being respectable and not doing an accent. Um, yeah, the, ac- the, the Brooklyn accents in this were truly horrid. Oh, we'll get to it. Um, this film was directed by Mark Rosman. Who has also directed? Hmm, where? Where? Do I have to go to IMDb for this? It is early. We are recording earlier than usual. Yeah, normally we record in the afternoon, um, but uh, due to scheduling, uh, we're we're doing a morning recording. So, you know, it, it might just just just. Pour yourself some coffee and and wake up with us. Yeah, I'm still drinking my coffee. Um, I'm trying to see who, like, what, what do we have to look for from the director of this film, Mark Rosman? What else is he known for? The House of Sorority Row, which I have watched a total of five minutes of before turning it off. Um, Yeah, I think the name of it kept me away. (laughs) I mean, it's the kind of thing that I would watch when I was like, oh, no, it's not immediately fun horror. Like, yeah, there's a lot of horror here. Mutant. The No, what is that? Hmm. The Invader. And then, 
he starts directing episodes of television abruptly. Yeah, he just did like a bunch of like kind of like pulpy things. And then it was like uh, he started directing episodes of Even Steven, State of Grace and 11 episodes of Lizzie McGuire. Um, he also directed a Cinderella story, which is another Hillary Duff movie. <laughs> I mean, I think it's safe to say that Hillary Duff was a muse or, or just a, a good collaborator. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're going from like pulp and horror to Hillary Duff movies, then I guess. Yeah. And he does like romance stuff now. Like I see a TV movie here called Sun, Sand and Romance. Wow. It spells it out for you. I mean, yeah, it's every, like, you know what you're getting. Exactly. And I mean, sometimes I appreciate that. Sometimes I just need to know what I'm getting and I can just settle in and let it wash over me. Let the sand wash over me. Oh no, there's a dog. It's a dog. <laughs> um, and as for these writing credits here, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people, well, there are like three people with story by credits and one person with the screenplay credit. So I guess that's the person that we stick with here. And that is Gina Wenkos, who also wrote the screenplay for Coyote Ugly, The Princess Diaries, The Princess Diaries 2. Oh, she is my enemy. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Princess Diaries too. Uh, I'm a Princess Diaries purist, and I, I, I am one of like the five people who read the books, all of them, from the point of Mia finding out that she's the princess of Genovia to Mia getting married at the end. That that's me. I was that devoted. I mean, I I, I feel like um, her screenwriting pedigree makes a lot of sense because this movie, um, there's. There's aspects of it that could have been good, but then they just kept being pushed further until it was really bad, in my opinion. And I yeah. feel like that kind of also applies to Princess Diaries. Yeah, I well, agree. Well, the, the second movie. Especially um, the second one. Um, yeah, the thing about this movie is essentially the premise is that um, Hilary Duff and her little sister with glasses, we're going to call glasses sister, um, her little... Hillary Duff and Glass's sister have never really lived in the same place for a long time because every single time her mom gets dumped, she packs up and moves to a completely different state. And it's never just like the state like close by. It's no. like across it's like the country. It's like a regional like move. Yeah. It's not like, oh, hey, we're in Chicago. You know what? Let's go to Michigan now. It's like, hey, we're in California. Now we're going to go to Chicago. Like, it's like, w let's completely change our frame of reference. And it's not even like, oh, let's go to a different city in the same state. It's just like complete turnover of their lives to the point that the the both um, Hillary Duff and Glass's sister don't even expect to finish out a school year um, where they live. Yeah, and it's it's wild because it starts with like Hillary Duff is getting ready to go to a dance, and she's got like this like adorable like red dress that she can't wait to wear, and she's got like a a nice like brown haired best friend that we never really meet. Yeah, she col she collects brunettes who who are obsessed with her, which is definitely <laughs> that's she definitely a trope that, that <laughs> shows up in these movies, I mean, like the white blonde girl with the brunette white best friend. Oh like, yeah, well you got to you got to have somebody who you know because the blonde is the prettier one and the brown haired one is the less pretty. We need someone less pretty to hang out because once again. White people's hair hierarchies, they apparently are what we all live by and are coded by in life. 
Yeah, I white guess. people's hair hierarchies are, are very yeah present, <laughs> uh, particularly in these films. Um, um, it's, it's jarring. Um, it's, it's really weird. It's just like it's, it's almost just like every blonde is is assigned a brunette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you are born a blonde and then continue to you know diet, um, uh, yeah, the the Lord gives you a brunette who don't. <laughs> upon you and listens to you talk about <laughs> boys and you know your shitty mom um <laughs> this uh, movie definitely falls into that um and so so we start with uh, so so that's happening and then heather locklear answers the door in some man who with some tall man with like uh, hairline issues is like basically just like Meh, i cheated on you and heather locklear's like what and he's just like I mean, she didn't mean anything, and neither did the other one. And Heather Luckler is like, "There's more than one," and and then she's just, and then he's just like, "Whoa, whoa, why are you being hysterical?" And then he, and then she puts a cake into his face because she's a baker. She she ruins a cake on his face, like a cake that she probably worked Which hard made to me, make. Yeah, I was just thinking about the cake. I was like, you worked so hard on that cake and you could just eat that cake now that you're really upset. Like, why don't you just eat it and not waste it on this dumb guy's face? He was also such a trope of like, the like bumbling sexist who's like, why are you crazy? I just cheated on you. Calm down. <laughs> it's so wild um, too, because, okay, the... The reason why I picked this movie is because I was like flipping through rom-coms one day and I remembered there is a movie (laughs) that is totally predicated on the idea that Heather Locklear cannot find a man. Isn't that fucking infuriating? It is. <laughs> I was so mad. And it's I'm so, mad again. And like, I mean, on one hand, it does, it definitely, like, it, it definitely does admit that she can get a man. Um, and like she attracts them, but it's just she attracts the wrong ones or she picks the wrong ones. I, okay. But this movie also does make it seem like she's never had like a man who's um, actually got any of his shit together interested in her. And, you know, the only thing that makes me kind of buy that is that she does have kids. Um, and I do know that it's, it's harder to date as a single mother, no matter how awesome you are. Um, so I do feel like, um, the premise of like shitty dudes taking advantage of her, like makes a little more sense in that, but it still does feel like really far flung that, that this amazing baker babe, like with these really sweet kids can't yeah, like find like, a, there's really, not like a nice these, man who like also maybe has a kid. Here's like, the thing, like <laughs> these kids, these are good kids. These are nice kids. These are like cute kids. Yeah. Like, and like, she's once again, Heather Locklear. And also just like, there's also, I feel like this air of just like douchebags feeling like entitled to talk to her, which is a problem that like everyone has. But the fact that she specifically would have it just like throws me up the wall. Like I could walk down the street and like an old man with like a cane will be like, hey, hey, can I take you out? Can I take you for a drink? And like, I'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't think it would make sense if I was like, the 26 year old version of Heather Locklear. I'm sorry. I just don't like, it's just <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I just don't. I mean, the I, way that the way that like the way that like chuds are like, like seem to be like swarming around her is very strange to me. 
<laughs> I mean, I I agree and I disagree because I I feel like I know her. You know, um, like I I know women who fall into this, like. Yeah, it's like there's almost like a pheromone um, and like, yeah, they are like really beautiful in this very undeniable way. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do. I honestly do believe it. Like, I do believe these oh chats. I, I do. I just, I've seen this, it. This, um, this really hurts my feelings. Uh, and and it sucks, <laughs> but I, I actually, yeah, I strangely, that, that for me, I was like, yeah, that actually makes sense. Um, I think, yeah, I, again, I think if she was um, in her 20s, Lock, Heather Locklear, and she didn't have kids, I think it would be harder to believe some of the, like, like yeah. her, her being with Mike O'Malley. Maybe I'm um, just, maybe it's just because I am in my 20s and I'll let my, and I'll let my age show here. Like I am 25. So maybe I just don't. Maybe it's just hard for me to understand, like that. It's really, it's really hard to date, like when you're in your forties or like later forties. That you're really out here with this. Oh, that hurt. That hurts. I know. No, it like her being really excited about the fact that Mike O'Malley, and this is no like, this is no offense to him. Like this is not like oh he's unattractive. It's not about that. It's more like his character is this. Um kind of just stupid like annoying guy who who works at the bakery and like uses he uses the did you fall from heaven pick pickup line so like it's not like he has like a really awesome personality and she's so excited that he's giving her attention and that offended me too so this guy that offended me so basically so she decides okay they live in wichita kansas she gets dumped and decides that they're moving to Brooklyn, New York in the same day. Like the moment that she gets dumped, yeah. she's like, we're moving. And then like uh, Hilary Duff has to symbolically like um, put the plastic on back on her dress. And like she's like, oh, she basically tells her best friend that it's like, I'm never going to see you again. See ya. Um, and we find out that Hilary Duff has a blog um, called Girl on the Move. Which... I was like, oh, I love that. I was like, actually, I feel like, especially when this was made, I don't know, 10, 10 or more. Wait, when was this made? Let me look. It was oh, made yeah. like 13 yeah. years ago. Yeah, so 13 years ago, I was like, her blog would be popular. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she would totally be, be a Tumblr teen. Yeah. And oh my God, she's got one of those like early Mac laptops back when Mac was like trying to make things look all swirly and fun. Yeah, before they just were like, you're going to come to us no matter what. Um, <laughs> we have you. We own you. <laughs> I say this as a Mac owner. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, because yeah. So they, they, they go to move, um, because, uh, Kim Whitley has a bakery and she, um, she offers Heather Locklear a job yeah, and, and like their old like friends. Their friends. Like there are times when like Kim Whitley is like, Oh, you were so young last time I saw you. You're all grown up Hillary Duff. And I'm just like kind of not enough Kim Whitley in this movie to be I honest with you. I agree. I was excited that she was in it. Even though I've seen it before, I was like, oh, right, yeah. And then, like, she doesn't really get to do that much. Yeah, I love her. Oh, my God. And if you don't know who she is, if you watched Master of None, if you watch the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None, she's she's the aunt in that episode. And, and she, she kills it. She does. She kills it. Um but yeah, so they go to Brooklyn when everybody has these. Well, not everybody. Carolyn Ray has a bad Brooklyn. Carolyn Ray does the most with her accent. She really. And yeah. then, uh, and then, like, um, brown-haired subordinate friend girl also has a ridiculous Brooklyn accent. And then the way that they meet, and I like, think she's supposed to be Italian. 
Oh um, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. Supposed to be so like, like I couldn't tell if her accent was also trying to be like specifically Italian Brooklyn, but whatever it was, it was really bad. <laughs> um, Heather, uh, Vanessa Lenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's always doing a weird accent. Like I think her, I can't tell if this accent is weirder or her accent on Glee. I I really don't know. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the thing where. <laughs> <laughs> they have they almost like have like a meet cute where like Hillary Duff is like walking and and she's like and girls looking at her boots and Vanessa's just like how much did your boots cost and and she was like mine cost $50 and Hillary Duff is like oh mine were free and she's just like oh you win and then Vanessa just like runs up to her and it's just like you're not from around here he's like oh how how do you know and she's like uh because you're you're a skin virgin you know i lost my skin virginity in fifth grade piercings yeah tattoos every every brooklyn girl has at least a piercing (laughs) it was really over the top but also kind of (laughs) cute see us brooklyn girls like it was very like oh my god it was like corny but i was also like i could kind of see a high schooler saying like a like a yeah 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 it was one of those lines like whenever there's a, a movie with high schoolers there's, or junior hires there's always lines that i'm like this is so dramatic but also that's why i think maybe a high schooler junior hire would say it <laughs> this was one of those she was like i'm the i'm the cool girl from brooklyn and i'm gonna show you around but i was also like why are you following her don't you have friends <laughs> yeah she just left her friends because i mean she felt the call of the blonde the blonde beckoned her <laughs> yeah um, but yeah it's just like it then like immediately she has a meet cute with um ben feldman ben feldman oh yeah um, by the time of this movie uh was released Hilary Duff was like 18 so she was like right at the correct age Ben Feldman's like 25 and I was so attracted to him in this movie and then had to make myself feel better because he's hot it is very clearly an adult yeah yeah like I I I didn't I wasn't like wow am I a pedophile I was like no he's hot and he's playing a really cool high schooler who draws of course I have a crush on him (laughs) um yeah um yeah so yeah there's just the whole where she like sits in the back and he's just like you're sitting in my seat I don't like sitting up front she's like neither do I and he's just like and like from that moment he's just looking at her just like wow like just like yeah their meet cute is like <laughs> her sitting in his seat at school even though they're not assigned and and then of course she oh my favorite is after he goes to sit down she like glances at him and sees that he's just finished this really amazing anime style drawing um and and then she glances back at her paper and it's i don't know i just love it it's so <laughs> dramatic <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. And uh, what's interesting about this movie? What the thing that I actually really appreciate about this movie is the way that Hillary Duff talks to her mom all the time because it's also a way that I would talk to my mom. Where it's just like, why can't you just chill and just like, you know, like not date and like, why are you so like, why are you like? She's why basically like, mom, like why are you this? like this? You're a grown ass <laughs> woman. <laughs> it's like, and like, I was like, and I was like. I think that that's part of the reason why I liked this movie as a kid because I was like, yeah, right, you're right, like, hey right. mom, come see yes, this, yeah, let's let's watch this together. And like, because because every single time, like Heather Locklear and I thought 
usually when I watch something that I was young and I get older, like it's been over like a decade since I've watched this, I usually end up siding with the parents. And this time I was still not oh, on still her side. siding with Hillary. I was still on Hillary's side, even when Hillary was just doing the wild when she shit. was being. Yeah. When she was like completely just she 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 jumped off like and I mean like because like the things that Heather Locklear says in this movie like she says have you seen these lines I'm in a race against time and I'm just like Okay, there's no lines. What um, are you talking about, girl? Maria watched it with me, and she's like, what race? Like, what? Like you already have kids, and you're obviously actively dating. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, what? what uh, yeah, it's just yeah. so dramatic. And Hillary's like, okay, well, maybe you should figure out how to be happy without this elusive idea. Yeah, because, like, I feel like... And, like, I feel like Hillary, like, just didn't have the language, but essentially I think she was trying to say that, like, men can tell that you feel this way and it's going to make it harder. <laughs> yeah. And that's why all these <laughs> shitty men are attracted to you. And it's not like a victim blaming, like that's why they're shitty, but it's like, you're not really putting out the things, the, the, you're not projecting the confidence that you want uh, um, a confident man to. See. Right. Exactly. You're like, if you, uh, I just, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to like, if you put out, that you need to be saved, people will try to save you. And the people that want to save you are usually are really usually the worst. Yeah. They have ulterior motives. Um, they want to feel important. They want power. They want control. Um, and they see that in the opportunity to save you. Um, or they want some sort of, yeah, there's a yeah, lot there. Like <laughs> that, that is also an, like, a lot of men and people just in general, I think who have abusive tendencies are really drawn towards um, people who want to be saved. Oh and, yeah. And I'm, again, I, I tread lightly cause I'm not trying to say like her care, like that anyone puts that out and like, like that it's possible to put that out. Um, no, 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 no. I'm no, more no. saying I'm just, that I see, feel like, yeah, because her vulnerability is a specific I, type that yeah. that's part of why these really shitty men are attracted to her. Cause they see that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it's very, yeah, because the way, the way that like Mike O'Malley approaches her is kind of just like, Come on, babe. I'm going to show you a good time. I'm going to take care of you, babe. When was the last time you had a good time? Like, he, like <laughs> that was like his whole thing. Yeah. And like very presumptuous. And especially because his idea of a good time is taking her to a Sticks concert in 2005. And, it's like, and then they get there and it's not even Sticks. It's a Sticks cover band. So <laughs> it's real, <laughs> it's real rough. Like, and he's just like crying at this Sticks concert. This sticks, this sticks running joke is so. Did you ever watch Freaks and Geeks? Yes. I was feeling the Jason Siegel in Freaks. I was There's feeling, definitely Jason that I didn't make that connection while I was watching this movie, but now that you say that, I could totally see the oh Jason Siegel. Yeah, it was it His was whole, totally that, and I was just like, did somebody who like I like a classic watch, rock band, and that's my whole personality. Did somebody watch um, Freaks and Geeks because even the scene like later 
when like he loses her and he like shows up at her house and he's like serenading her and he's just like lady like he serenades her with lady that is exactly what jason siegel does to to linda cardellini this is jason siegel grown up this is jason siegel's character from freaks and geeks like it was like grown up working at a bakery um trying to get heather locklear to be his lady and heather locklear at first is like oh that's nice i'm getting attention and then she's like Hillary's like, what are you doing, mom? <laughs> and I usually leave the recommendations for the end of the episode. But number one, watch Freaks and Geeks if you haven't already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, like, what are you doing I, with I'll, your life I'll, if you I'll haven't watched that yet? I'll talk a lot of shit about Apatow, but like, that's good work. And also, um, watch the episode with, where um, Nick and Lindsay, Linda Cardellini, and Jason Segel date boyfriends and girlfriends because that whole episode is about just like Lindsay just being like, well, I need a boyfriend and then just dating Nick and then Nick getting like super creepy and like way too into her and then serenading her and telling her that he loves her with the song lady and scaring the shit out of her. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Which I mean, <laughs> yeah. Mike O'Malley's character tells Heather, Locklear that he loves her like on their second date or something. Um, like it usually works if you're like like into it. Like I've had people say I love you early and it's turned out great, but it was because I felt it too. Yeah, and there was an actual. Connection. And even when I like have been in those situations where I said it, the other person said it, it was usually a couple weeks in. It wasn't like the second day. <laughs> like. Um, um but yeah, like it's there's there's so much going on. Like Heather Locklear is is rolling up into a fucking PTA assembly being like, I need to meet a good man. Oh, oh can we have singles mixers for the single parents? For the parents? And and like the guy the the administrator's like, "Oh, uh, you know, kind of like well, sure. I mean, th- these are nice ideas." And then she just pushes it further and she's like, "We have different priorities." AKA I need to find a man and Hillary is just like covering her face like mom I just got here why are you doing this to me it's so embarrassing it's, why would she do that I actually stood up and left the room and then came back in the room <laughs> during this part of the movie I could I couldn't I just yeah it's it's so my god there's just- and like ba- like I mean basically the 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 main uh, plot crux of the movie is that Hillary Duff just wants to prove to her mom she just wants to calm her mom down. So she decides to start, she wants her mom to have higher standards. Um, and so she decides she's going to start sending her mom messages from a, a man who does not exist. Like the idea of the perfect man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's like Chris, it's like Chris Noth is like Vanessa's, um, uncle or something like that and he he like <laughs> owns this nice italian restaurant and they like oh and he's just like talking about orchids when a woman gets an orchid it feels like she's floating on a cloud of infinite possibility <laughs> and then hillary duff is like huh like i guess i should send my mom an orchid and pretend it's from a secret admirer and i'm like well, no you shouldn't what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> No, this will not end well. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. And meanwhile, she's her mom's still dating Mike O'Malley, who's like walking around the bakery saying dumb shit. Like, uh, she's she's you know she's trying to get herself ready for me. She's trying to attract me like a peacock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's his character is such a cartoon. I don't even <laughs> like. 
And like the only relationship honestly worth it in this movie is is Ben Feldman and Hilary Duff because he's just like invites her to a comic book convention. He's so cute. What I can't a handle sweetheart. it. And you know what's so nice? Because you know, we were just talking about like how annoying that we're still talking about like nerd discourse in, in like our 20s and 30s because it's so irritating. Yes. Like, and it's just like there is this like idea that like hot girls don't care about hot girls. I'm using finger quotes. Yeah, because what does that even mean? It's just like are not interested and just like I didn't have any options. And he just Ben Feldman bypasses all of that whiny bullshit. He's just like, hey, do you want to go to the comic book convention? Just straight up. Just ask yeah, her. Let yeah. her answer and the question. He like he's <laughs> he makes awesome drawings and he's like, this is what I'm into, and he owns it. And she she kind of uh she avoids him for a while, but it's obvious that she thinks he's cute. She's just kind of caught up in her world with her mom and afraid to open up. Yeah. So she doesn't say yes, but they, they have this flirting. And then when she really gets, uh, and he's so, he's so cute. I like, I have he's, such, he's totally, I would have had such a big crush on him in high school. I mean, yeah, no, he, I have a crush on him now. So yeah. Oh my uh, God. I served, I served Ben Feldman coffee once. He is very nice. Like he is very nice to see in person. He has a great smile. Like the kind of like spreads across his face. Yeah. Yeah. I love oh, it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll calm down. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> when Hillary like gets, she, she starts sending, um, uh, chat and and emails to her mom from this perfect man um, that she she names Ben, which is the same name of the of Chris Noth. Um, <laughs> basically, she just wants her mom to get with him, but he has a girlfriend, so she like fabricates a man that's like him. But when when she realizes she doesn't have computer access outside of her home, and she needs to do it somewhere where her mom won't catch, then she starts using. Um, she starts using Cutie for his computer, but like it's obvious that she has a crush on him too. And he just lets her come over and use his computer. Like he's so nice. <laughs> oh yeah. And he's not whining about it. He's not like, he's oh, just, she's he, she's he, not making out with me. He's just like he's and like, he yeah. It's a respectable distance from her. She is on the computer. He's not like touching her shoulders or anything. He is on the bed letting her do her business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, and he's like weirdly invested in her, like her trick that she's pulling on her mom. Like, he's he's a dream, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah, I I I love him. <laughs> I love him. Like, um, yeah, he's. <laughs> this is actually this podcast is actually just us talking about how much we, we have a crush ben. on Ben Feldman. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> and so we we find out about some things. We find out that Little Glass's sister wants to do a spelling bee, but she's not sure how long they're gonna be there. And so that's like a nice like ticking clock thing. Like when's mom gonna fuck up? Um, but there's also um, Heather Locklear. Uh, there's like a big banking banking competition where like if she won, she'd be able to like get money and like open up her own bake shop, her own like dessert shop. But she doesn't think that she's good enough. And then Kim Whitley gets, you know, one of those like one of those lines that I'm pretty sure they would give to me if I was ever in movies, because I just feel like that's the kind of roles that that like people like us get where, where she's just like, how come when there's a man, you're blind to his flaws. When you look at yourself, flaws are all you see. I'm just like, I just feel like somebody's like, why does she have to do the <laughs> best black friend thing? You know, like, 
like maybe that's unfair for me to say, but I was just like, can can Kim Whitley just have her own life in this and not just tell the white ladies like I mean, how to live their best lives? I feel like in the background, Kim Whitley is getting consistently laid. Oh, she is orgasming. Like she's fine. <laughs> like she's, she's fine. She's doing great. Yeah. Like she's like, I'm not worried about her, but I just like wish I got to know who she was fucking right. while this movie's happening. Right. Because we also, we learned stuff about like Carolyn Ray. We basically learned like that she's getting married and she's one of those people that's like, I can barely lift my finger because of this rock. And I, I've never, I've never <laughs> given a shit about that. Like I've never understood. Like when my friends get engaged, I like pretend to care about the ring. Cause I know that matters to people. I'm like, Oh, it's pretty, but I've never really understood. Like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, no. It, no but it's so like, it like it's such a personality thing with her character. It's like, yeah, look at my rock. And I got and a fiance. <laughs> and like, he's just like, he's rich. I think he's yeah. rich. I don't know what's up. Yeah. He's I either think- rich or he just spent all his money on that ring. Cause it is big. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I just, <laughs> Carolyn Ray was just like, you know what? Sabrina, the teenage witch is over. <laughs> yeah. There she was. I got to get that check somehow. (laughs) Yeah. I got to show up and do this accent. Like you see her and you're like, yeah. And then like she's doing the accent and talking about the ring. And I'm like, okay, you know, I I still support you. Like do whatever you need. Um, This might not be my favorite thing you're in, but uh, (laughs) get your life. I've always been been into Carolyn Ray. I'm always, I'm always into like people that are like, you know, from from our childhood in shows that were like thick and were like clearly like dating and getting laid. Like I never worried about whether or not Hilda was like getting it in. I knew she was. Oh yeah, no, totally. It's it's <laughs> like she she doesn't get cast in roles where she's relegated to like being insecure or anything. Like she's just like, Yeah, I know I'm awesome. And you're like, yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. Great. This is so nice because Hollywood does not allow this. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, she rules. Um but yeah. Uh, I wanted her uh, yeah, I wanted more of her and Kim Whitley. Yeah, I did too. Um, but their their friendship with uh, Heather Locklear was it was a cute like uh, you know longtime friendship work banter. Um, yeah, yeah. So oh, I mean, man, I got so many notes about Lenny, but it's just like uh, <laughs> he's got a sticks hat. He has a muscle car. Oh my gosh! Also, can we talk about Lance? Um, the gay guy at, uh, yeah, I was like, they, they did one of the things. So Lance played by Carson Cressley, um, worked at, uh, Ben's, uh, restaurant, Chris Noth's restaurant. Um, and like, he was one of those characters where they just needed to hammer in that he was gay in every single line. Like, uh, we're introduced to him because Hillary Duff and Vanessa, are like asking Chris not, they're like, okay, tell us more about what you think the perfect man would do. Cause they're getting ideas, um, for, you know, seducing Heather Locklear. Um, and, and he's like, Hey, I'm really busy. I can't do this. And then Lance is like, what could be more important than the perfect man? And like, and then he like gets out a mirror and like fixes his hair. Oh my God. And I was like, are we do- like, not like surprised, but like, man, dude, like, like I liked his character. Like I was glad his character was there, but I was also like, why are you making him do this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like what's, you know, he also was just like, you know, what's more important than the perfect man, the perfect shoes. Like, yeah, just like, it was just like, okay, we get it. Uh, we get it. <laughs> like just in case you weren't sure, <laughs> like his thing with the construction workers, although <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, it's kind of cute 
It is. I know. That's why I felt conflicted because on one hand, okay, so there's, I'll, I'll, I'll give y'all uh, context if you haven't seen the movie. There's, there's a scene in the movie um, where they need to um, distract Chris Noth, um, Hillary Duff and her friend do because basically Hillary Duff ends up using Chris Noth's photo um, at one point in the seduction technique towards her mom. So basically she really is ghostwriting as him. And uh, her mom ends up going to the restaurant uh, for Carolyn um, Ray's... Carolyn Ray's bachelorette party. Yeah, bachelorette party. So uh, Hillary Duff uh, and and her friend Vanessa or Amy in the movie are like, okay, we got to, we got to do something. So Amy makes a sign that says there's free beer for Jets fans. And there's a construction site across the street and the men from the construction site see that and they rush in and Lance is working the bar and they're like free beer, free beer. And they're like very, you know, archetype, like, like as if construction workers just like yell about beer and like don't know how to act like people. Also, also you remember that line where they're just like, are you into the jets? And he's like, I love West Side Story. Ah! Okay, I like that line. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? No, I, oh, yeah. So they come in and at first like Lance is like, what is going on? And they're like, free beer. And Lance doesn't know about the sign. So he's like, uh, but then he's like, ooh, like he ogles them and he's like, you know what? I can give you free beer. And he like wipes the sweat off one of the men's <laughs> foreheads <laughs> yeah and then they ask if he's a Jets fan <laughs> and he says he likes West Side Story so he's just like flirting and I'm like kind of happy for him I'm like yeah get your flirt on but I, it was just so over the top it yeah, yeah. Like, I mean so much of this is over the top like it's just like she's just like <laughs> Hillary Duff or Holly in the film so really Hillary Duff yeah um, it's yeah. just like what makes a perfect man perfect and there's so much like conversation about it and it's all just ridiculous <laughs> yeah because it's either it's either unrealistic or it's really basic like it's like he wants to be with you no matter like he he wants to be with you because he likes you and I'm like uh yeah that's pretty basic <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it's like <laughs> like he likes you despite your flaws i'm like i don't think that means he's perfect that just means he likes you <laughs> like, can we- yeah there was like a lot of like unrealistic stuff in this movie i actually strangely enough think that like lenny and michael malley's character is the most realistic just because he's just because he sucks <laughs> yeah i mean I've never, suck. I've never seen a date that terrible on in a movie that not only was bad but i believed it i've I been on dates like that yeah Yeah, like i was like no this checks out like he's he's completely not paying attention to her thinking about what she likes but he also is obsessed with her at the same time um yeah that that it was almost refreshing to see a bad date like that yeah yeah (laughs) i feel like normally when you see bad dates on these movies they're like so bad in such an unrealistic way yeah and this somebody dropped a turkey on her dress (laughs) yeah exactly and this was just realistic bad like oh we're at a shitty show and like you're not asking me about myself yeah And he's just like, and then he's just like, he's like horny in a really lyrics, gross way. Listening to lyrics and being like, it's, it's, that's like me and you, babe. Like, yeah. It's just like you just met this woman. Like you don't know anything about her. Cause you haven't asked. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, there's, this is a movie that's full of like hijinks and like Kyle actually has a noise that he does when there's hijinks in a movie where he goes like, whoa, whoa. 
<laughs> wow, I love that. And like, I mean, there's just so much of that. Like, this kid and like, Hillary Duff is writing romantic letters to her mother, like lying to her mother that like she's catfishing her mom. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like he's like doing important business in China. Like, I don't know. Like, it's 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 wild and like. And then he's like, when, and when she finally like tells him stuff about her mom, it's like, oh, she's unlucky in love a lot. And she listens to Patsy Cline when she's sad. And I'm just like, yeah, those are normal things. Yeah. Like, like, what? <laughs> like, like, like there's something about the Patsy Cline because they kept bringing it up. And, and Chris Noth was like, oh, she listens to Patsy Cline when she's sad. And I was like, yeah, isn't that like Patsy Cline is sad music. <laughs> like not all of her songs, but like, it, like, yeah, it makes sense to listen to her when she, when you're sad. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's just like, and she's just and, and like the fact that like Heather Locklear is falling for this just makes me think that it's another situation where this character needs to be in therapy. I don't remember the last time I said this on the show. I'm sure I'm going to say it more times. This character needs therapy. She's getting like correspondence from China that's like, oh, I'm I'm dealing with very serious business people like Vincent Adultman. Like this doesn't sound real, girl. No, <laughs> and doesn't. I like I was like I honestly I got a little too deep in like my my read of Heather Locklear. I was like, I think she has PTSD or something. She has some trauma she needs to go to the therapy for. Like there like there's something serious going on there that's keeping that's making her a development arrested. Yeah, um I agree. Like maybe may, maybe it's not a specific trauma, but I was just like she, yeah, she needs serious cognitive behavioral therapy. <laughs> like um because She's completely unaware of how her... I mean, she's aware of how her actions affect her kids, but she just seems to not even be able to help herself. It's like she's just watching herself. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's like... And you know, at some point in this movie, I had to say it, it eHarmony was created in 2000. This was 2005. Yeah. <laughs> this chick should have been on the dating website. Honestly. Well, and honestly. she was on Match.com. That's how uh, Hillary Duff found her. Yeah. Because she, she, her mom said she was, oh, wait, no, 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 you're right. Her mom talked about starting Match.com and then Hillary Duff talked her out of it and then she started to trick her. So uh. there was, yeah. So she did mention that. Um, but they didn't. They didn't actually have her do it. Must love dog <laughs> came out like either the same year or the year after that. I'm just saying, like if if it's good enough for Diane Lane, right? Um, <laughs> no, I mean Hillary Duff was not. And th- the way she reveals it to her mom, so like I mean, eventually you know, uh, like it's gonna blow up. Her mom's gonna find out. That- wait, but before that, <laughs> but yeah, before that, there's one where she's just like. She's just like instant messaging with him, and he's supposed to be in well, instant messaging with Hillary as. Oh my ben. gosh, just, that scene! That scene! That scene! Number one, like made me clench like everything because I'm just like, oh yeah, no, my it's like instant responses between your a daughter and mother, where the mother is basically being like, oh yeah. I had like all these dreams and like I wanted to like open my own bake shop and everything and then I was pregnant and then the dad your like literally Hillary Duff's dad is like nah I'm good and then I put my dreams on hold to take care of my kids and like that information 
just going straight to Hillary at that time, like that could have been like potentially scarring. If Hillary hadn't have been like, oh, did you regret it? And and Heather Locklear was just like, no, of course not. Like if Heather Locklear hadn't have said that, that would have been right. a really bad. Thing. And I was waiting for that. Honestly, I was waiting for her to be like, well, I love my kids, but if I could do it again, I wouldn't have them um, or I wouldn't have them then. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's so painful because you can see Hillary Duff, you know, having her light bulb is going on about, oh, right. My mom had all these things she wanted to do. And then she had us and she had to take care of us, you know, alone. And my dad left her. Um, yeah. And then she asks as, you know, Ben, um, yeah, if Heather Locklear regrets it. And, and luckily Heather Locklear's like, no, no, no. But like you said, I was just like, oh, this is so painful. And I feel like realistically, Heather Locklear might've said something different. She might've said, no, I don't regret it, but also I do wonder. Like, you know, um that 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 seemed like I like those kinds of scenes in movies always give me such intense anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, like uh Ben Feldman is just like being cute, like laying on his bed, like, how's it going? Yeah. Oh my God. Just, just really just like, uh, yeah, we, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's really just that everyone else is so bad. It's that like Lenny is just like, you know, if you're going to have some coffee, make sure to put on a protective sleeve because you might get burned by the coffee is one of the most elaborate ways to like talk about how a woman hurt you. Oh yeah. He does. He does, um, uh, an announcement on the, like, um, the like on the the what why am i not remembering this word wow this mornings guys uh <laughs> on the intercom at the bakery and he does his passive aggressive announcement about getting burned by coffee after he gets dumped by heather locklear and it is the most frustrating yeah like and that that didn't feel believable but it was also like yeah of course a dude like this would feel that way like wronged you know yeah, but like, yeah, this is, uh, this is like hijinks the movie. Cause like during that bachelorette party, you know, it's like, oh no, Hillary, like, what if my mom meets the guy who I've been impersonating? Yeah. <laughs> and, but then, you know, of course, um, <laughs> Hillary interrupts a wedding. Oh, before she interrupts a wedding. <laughs> she she's point blank asks her mom why are you so desperate <laughs> yeah which honestly i was like wow like hillary duff's character um for all her flaws she's very direct and very confident in her communication like especially for a teenage girl um yeah like i'm pretty uh, especially for a teenage girl with her mom as an example i'm like wow you are like really confident and headstrong i respect that um Anyways, continue. The, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just like, like wow. No, I mean, no, you're right. <laughs> like, because I was like, I was not that. I was not that confident at that age to just like say it, you know. And she, she just says it. How do you feel about her running into this wedding, though? <laughs> <sighs> she runs in. She she goes in. She is finally just like, okay, my mom needs to be with Chris Noth. Like, she makes the decision. And so she thinks that Chris Noth is getting married. And so she interrupts this wedding and she's just like, you and my mom, like, have so much in common. You both do the crossword and pen. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's so no. It made me. I. I uh. And then we basically find out that he's the best man, which is like really obvious because if we, you've been to a wedding, you could figure. Yeah, like based on how people are standing. Um, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it definitely makes it seem like Hillary Duff's character has never been to a wedding. Um, and, and there is like inconsistency in the fact that in many ways her character is very grounded and very intelligent and sure of herself. And then as she gets further into the hijinks, it's like she just completely spirals and all of her, her sense of logic disappears. Oh yeah. Because and then, this wedding scene encapsulates that. Yeah. Because, and then right after the wedding scene, um, he, uh, Ben Feldman gives her like this thing where it's just like, where it says princess Holly on the front and he just, and then he says, she doesn't need an army to protect her. She doesn't let anyone close enough. And like, I guess like his tone made her feel like it was a diss, but I also feel like, a person wouldn't draw something just to diss you. Yeah. That's ex- my personal opinion. And yeah, he didn't seem like he was dissing her. He seemed more like, I mean, first of all, what he said was true. Cause she, even though you can tell she has like a little crush on him, like she, she hasn't let him in at all. Um, uh, this whole time, like she's been at his house using his computer, but yeah, she just takes, she, no, she doesn't even take the drawing. She just like walks away and is like, Bye. And, and, and he's like, what? Wait. Yeah. And like, you know, later we find out that he's just like, you forgot to turn the drawing over, which, uh, rom-com gotcha. So rom-com. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you only saw one side of the drawing, but before that happens, we have Collide. Jordan's facial expression. <laughs> I wish that I could put that onto the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love Collide. I still cry to Collide. I don't care that Collide is a really corny song. <laughs> it's you it's, know. It, I mean, it, it, like I think. It really, I it really was thing, a marker for the time. I also, like, I also don't think that something being corny uh, means that it automatically doesn't fulfill its aim, or that it can't be also good. Like, Unpopular Howie, opinion. Howie Days Collide was that song to cry to in middle school. I yeah, cry. like I still like every it's, once in a while I'll, I'll dust it up, and I'm just like, and its presence in this movie feels absolutely fitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You and I collide. Remember when all the white guys were doing that and making that sound? Yeah, when the dude to do had a moment. Yes. Yes. Oh, I got really excited. I was like, yeah. Like, yes, this song was made for this movie slash all of these movies. It's like when I hear like Jimmy World's The Middle in a song. Oh, for sure. Yes. Like, oh, man, this stuck gets me yes <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah i just i can't wait i honestly the the best thing about like aughts rom-coms is just the music like goo goo dolls man oh. i can't wait to oh for sure dolls for sure <laughs> yeah just like just basically getting a flashback to all of your junior high mixtapes <laughs> like yes i wonder if the reason who the reason made it into any of these movies <laughs> 
I I hope I am gonna search that. Uh, who was saying the reason rom com? <laughs> See if anything comes up. Um, yeah, like during this, uh, during this, uh, you know, classic acoustic white boy jam. Um, Hillary Duff's like, I want to move. We always move for you. This time, I want to move. And so Heather Locklear is like, okay, we're moving to Arizona. Which again, completely random and far away. <laughs> like this time, she doesn't even have a friend like lead. Uh, she's just like, obviously, Arizona's the the choice. Um, and, but then like Heather Locklear like finds out about like Ben Feldman and finds out about the picture and is just like, oh no, she's like, oh she's, no, she's doing what I do. She's running because she's afraid of love because she's seen me. Yeah. And, yeah. And so we see the other side of the drawing and it's just like Ben Feldman like as a prince and he's just like I'll always be here for you which oh my god if I got that in high school I would just what? I would yeah. Cry. The drawing's great I also. She looks beautiful in the drawing. <laughs> he looks handsome in the drawing. Yeah, no it, it's really sweet. Um <laughs> it's uncomfortable how into him I am. Um but uh, uh then then oh my god, I guess I guess it's payback. Um <laughs> Cause yeah, uh, cause uh, oh yeah, we don't mention, but Heather Locklear does find out that like uh, that you know Hillary Duff lied. Um, that that does happen. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we should we should, that is an important thing that's, to address. That, that's an important given thing. the the plot. <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't a big scene, so I that, almost that was, forgot about. Yeah, it. Yeah, there's basically a moment where um, Hillary Duff arranges for Heather Locklear to meet with Ben. Um, and then Hillary Duff meets her there and it's like, I'm so sorry. It's me. I wanted you to realize that like, basically she's like, I wanted you to raise your standards, but I also wanted you to realize that like, you don't actually need like a man to be happy. It's like this weird combination of like, A, you should have better standards, which yes, agreed. And yeah. you don't need a mean man to be happy, which yes, agreed. But H- Hillary Duff is confusing because she's still purporting this idea of a perfect man while telling her mom she doesn't need one. So I'm like, yeah, it's very, okay, this is messy, but like, I, you know, you're a high schooler. So, um, and Heather Locklear, of course, is upset. Um, and th- this scene happens before Hillary Duff says she wants to move and before Heather Locklear finds out about Ben. So it's like about actual Ben Feldman, not, not, uh, Chris Noth. Um, so when Heather Locklear, uh, sees the drawing and realizes why Hillary is acting weird and wants to move, she just kind of immediately forgives her for lying and pretending to be a perfect man. Cause she's like, Oh, this isn't about that. This is about me being a bad mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, it is, I mean, like there's been, I've talked a lot about like Heather Locklear's like obvious dating issues, but it's like a really bad idea to like move your kids around like that <laughs> in general. Yeah. Like that's bad parenting. And I'm glad that, you know, we talked about it a little bit in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely. I kind of wish, wish that's what Kim Whitley was pulling her aside for. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Heather Locklear basically makes the decision after she finds the drawing. She 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 tells Hillary, she's like, "We're not moving. We're gonna learn what it means to stay and invest in people and open up and yeah, like staying is the new adventure." But this happens also after she um, she instant messages with um, Ben Feldman, in which in which like. One of the one of those moments that once again made me tense up where Oh my gosh. 
where he's just, like, he's just like he's just like you're leaving and she's just like yeah well you know that's what my mom does and he's like and you want to end up like your mom <laughs> i know i was like oh why does this movie do this and then heather locklear like we don't know if she ever responds to that she's just like wow he's right <laughs> slash ouch <laughs> slash mega burn <laughs> um yeah it, it, what, what's what's really funny about this movie is that when they decide to stay everything goes great like, the, like oh yeah it's like, like perfect like glasses girl wins the spelling bee um uh heather locklear wins the baking contest opens up her own bakery has the best fudge brownies in and the world. uh you know of course eventually chris noth um does walk in and ask her out on a date uh, <laughs> yeah, and what's, what's and, and Hillary Duff, of course, gets with Ben Feldman, and they're adorable, and, and she it's gets disgusting to wear the dress perfect. from she the gets, beginning. Yeah, she gets to unzip that plastic and put on that red dress. Oh my god! And you know it's weird because, like, at the end, I was just like, "Man, it's great when like everybody stops being insecure and remembers that they're pretty and white." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. Like, They're oh, like, wait. oh wait, we are white. It's fine. <laughs> it's not actually that hard. We're all really pretty and white. It's okay. Um, wow, I love you. I that should be the new logline for this movie. Um, <laughs> the yeah. power of remembering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I like this is like. <laughs> This is such a weird um, movie that, like, I was. It is so. I was was thinking the entire time about Billboard Dad, (laughs) which is like now becoming the movie that I obsessively mention to people that I haven't seen in forever, and I don't know why I keep. Um, I am actually for my birthday having um a a, a Olsen twins marathon at my sister's, um, which you are obviously invited to. I haven't figured out when yet, but it's in a month, and Billboard Dad is on the list. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, Billboard Dad. I love Billboard Dad. In fact, I kind of want to do it for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, y'all. We're gonna do Billboard Dad in one of our our <laughs> upcoming episodes. <laughs> yeah, I just I oh my god, it's it's weird how much I think about Billboard Dad, like more than any other Olsen Twins movie, and I've seen most of them. Like I watched like all of them up until like New York Minute. I even watched like the sleepover ones, the sleepover oh, tapes. I had all of the detective uh, episodes. I had the sleepover tapes um, on VHS. Um, I don't think those, I think my parents got rid of those by now. Um, yeah. And I've seen all of the movies. Um, <laughs> it was a little obsessive with the Olsons <laughs> and yeah, no billboard dad is definitely in my top five. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't definitely. know my number one. I haven't sorted them. Um, I, I passport to, to Paris is a favorite. Um, um, like it, it takes two, like it takes two is a big one. For yeah. Me. I yeah. Love it takes two. It takes two. It, it's hard with the Olsen twins cause they're in so many things. It's like, okay, do I, do I narrow it down to certain eras of the Olsen twins <laughs> and pick from that? Or do we just go Olsen in general? But, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, also, I <laughs> also going back to recommendations, this is very obvious, but you know, if you haven't watched Lizzie McGuire, like it doesn't matter how old you are just just watch a few episodes just so you can understand this the the cultural touchstone that it is yeah it's great and also the creator of lizzie mcguire um recently created a show called andy mac and it's about um an asian american tween and um her mom who is a i believe a single mother and like and like their lives together and it's like 
Number one, I you know it's nice to see it's nice to see this creator coming back. But um, I watched like an episode or two of Andy Mac, and it's like good. It's the kind of thing where I'm just like actual quality children's programming. Yeah, which like, she's still got that talent. Like there's still everything's kind of Disney-fied in a way that you can't like really avoid. Yeah, there's definitely like like you can tell when there's Disney's uh fingerprints on it yeah because i mean because disney used to be a lot more chill and it's not chill anymore and there's not anything that you can do like watch lizzie mcguire and watch andy mac and you can see like where disney has like lost their chill in what areas yeah <laughs> yeah definitely also watching girl meets world will show you that too <laughs> oh yeah i haven't even tried to do that girl meets world is is fine, but it could have been better if Disney wasn't. It just feels like they've turned up the volume on everything. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, I would say Lizzie McGuire, really good stuff. And and it was when kid shows were quiet. Yes. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I mean it's still very silly. It's still a kid show. It's still on Disney, but it it deals with um, you know, the issues of puberty and, and family and friends and insecurities in, in a way that even with all its silliness feels real. And a lot of kids shows, yeah, that the hijinks are so high, it's hard to find the actual substance. Um, and it it had, it had some subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. That I think like Disney channel lost after Hannah Montana, I think Hannah Montana kind of Disney Channel also like has the best collection of annoying younger brother characters. Um, yeah. I mean, I I still like I have an idea for like a long form essay about Disney younger brothers that I need to pitch. Oh yeah, because <laughs> um, I have a lot of feelings about it um, <laughs> that I will not make you guys listen to on this podcast. But uh, yeah, yeah, we. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you forget that we write and that we talk too much? <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I also was watching the Disney Channel last night. I watched the Kim Possible movie last night, so I'm very much like in a Disney. Oh, in a Disney <laughs> state of mind. In yeah. A, I'm in a Disney mood. Um, but yes, yes, yes. So, you know, watch some kids stuff. Watch. Yeah. Watch quality kids programming. Watch Freaks and Geeks. Dip into Lizzie McGuire or watch Younger. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, this movie isn't one that I'm going to tell you to completely avoid, but it's it's pretty ridiculous. So don't, yeah. don't watch it if you're looking for a good rom-com. If you're looking for something with a lot of recognizable cast that really goes in, then sure, go for it. Um, but I, you will want to hit yourself very hard um, on the forehead many, many times. And also, um, wait, does it really, is this really its Rotten Tomatoes score? Hold on one second. I'm just going to 100, just, just do a very quick. Yeah, it has 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody oh, can calm down. That's brutal. <laughs> I, would, I would put it in the 30s or 40s. Yeah, everyone can calm down. Yeah, no, like, it's still a movie. Like, yeah, it, like, still, it's like still, what are we talking about? Like, like the acting itself is pretty good. It's just like ridiculous writing. Um, yeah, anyway. I mean, besides the Brooklyn accents. Anyways, we love you. Um... Yes, follow us on Twitter, rate our podcast on yes. um, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us there, too. You can listen to us on Spotify. Still working on Google Play. I'm going to figure it out. Um, also, love love getting recommendations. Several of the episodes have come from recommendations. We have a large list in Google Docs of movies to pick from, so 
keep keep giving us feedback because we love that. Yes, yes. We love the engagement. We love attention, of course. You yes. Know, all those things. Compliments, <laughs> all of it. It's great. Fills the endless void inside of our souls. It our really does. Souls. Um, <laughs> I, um, that's all for this week. I'm, I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye.